I just picked up my phone uh, and I flipped on TikTok and 17 hours just evaporated. I, I don't know if you have had an opportunity to uh, peruse that particular uh, social media platform. I don't. I don't recommend it if you are a busy person um, because it is, well, how do I explain it? You you're, might be familiar with Instagram. I mean, perhaps most of you know what TikTok is and how it works. They're short videos, often set to music. There's dancing. Well, that's always fun. But it's it's the algorithm and the way it's served up to you is kind of different than other social media platforms. It it's sort of it's weird the way that it sort of senses if you linger on something for longer than the next, it'll just give you more of that. So it turns out that I'm totally into van conversions. I did not know this. But now if I turn on TikTok, all I get is guys, you know, people, you know, taking their sprinter vans and living out of it for two years. I guess maybe that's in my future. But my point being, my point being, there is a huge audience for social media, like TikTok, and of course it skews younger. So when we talk about the federal election campaign and outreach from various parties, who's doing the best job in terms of outreaching, whether it's on TikTok or Facebook or any of the social media platforms, and and will it actually have an impact at the end of the day on the federal election campaign? I'm pleased to welcome to the program Eric Blay, president of Headspace Marketing in Toronto. Welcome, Eric. Hi, Alan. So tell me about TikTok and whether or not, let's start just specifically with that. That's obviously really hyper-focused on younger voters. How much of a play is that? How how important will it be throughout this campaign? Oh, I think it's going to be tremendously important. It already is. Um, and uh, one of the leaders, actually, uh, the leader of the NDP, seems to be quite agile on that platform, and his strategists are using it quite effectively so far. Um, I think the way to uh, look at this, I was listening to your, your point about TikTok earlier, uh, your, how your obsessions are being tracked now and you're being served up all kinds of content mm. um, against that. I think a lot of people think of social media, uh, perhaps as a result of the controversy a few years back on uh, Cambridge Analytica, where we think that they're spying on us and, uh, um, you know, there's all kinds of, um, uh, of course there are privacy issues, but there's this sense that somehow we're being monitored. And indeed we are, and we are for advertising purposes, and uh, ads get served up to us, and advertisers are able to tailor and micro-target their advertising. But the real value, I think, of social media in the context of a political campaign, other than, of course, a great channel and, 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 and highly targeted, is really the capacity to listen. And that's what happens or often doesn't happen in a campaign with mass media, for example, television, out-of-home posters, those sort of things. We don't necessarily, it's one-directional. With social media, engagement and the ability to monitor the sentiment and what people are saying online, it's a tremendous, imagine it's a, it's a massive focus group in a way, and it can be quantified and it can be analyzed, uh, and it's a feedback loop. And that's the beauty, I think, of social media in the political uh, space, that capacity to listen. Uh, politicians like to talk, uh, they need to listen. Mm. And I think what? that in this case, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, you know, it's particularly important in this campaign because it's an unusual campaign for many reasons. 
but one of the main reasons it's different is that it's still in the pandemic. And uh, when you look at what political strategists have in their toolbox, they have mass media, television, and, they, and you can buy that, and you control the messaging. They have social media, we just talked about, and they also have, and it's critical, the ground game, the door-to-door, the face-to-face, the rallies, all that you know, ability to be facing the voters directly and interacting with them in real time and in person, well, that's likely to be uh, quite reduced, to say the least, during this campaign. So what's what's the other way left now to get a, a real feel for the grassroots, a real feel for what's happening on the ground? It's social media in many ways. Now, is it... Is it proper to look at these various channels and, you know, I'll, I'll bring up my Marshall McLuhan, the medium is the message, and perhaps each platform now, each app is its own message. And, and do you perceive TikTok to be one thing, Instagram to be another, and Facebook to be another as well? Like as if you were to say Gen Z, Millennial, Boomer, just in that order with those platforms. Well, absolutely. They, they, well, first of all, the, the, the functionality, uh, uh, what these platforms offer in terms of, of interaction, and some are more gamified than others. Uh, some are more professional networks like LinkedIn, for example. All of these things offer different experiences. They reach uh, slightly different demographics at time. Uh, they have different uh, capabilities in terms of targeting. The nature of the content that can go on those as well, uh, very different at times. Uh, so, yes, but I think they can all be still looked under uh, as part of the, this overall uh, space called social media um, which uh, Lady Gaga called the garbage of the in- the, the garbage bin of the internet, but, or the toilet of the internet. But uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. But it's a it's it's a goldmine of of information, and as I said earlier, of feedback from the ground. Mm, okay. Now we mentioned that uh, Mr. Singh is very active on TikTok, and I know I keep coming back to that one because yeah, yeah. it does. It, for, to my mind, it really stands out to me that that he that the other parties have just sort of by and large abandon that space to him, or at least he certainly, the NDP certainly have that. Does that translate, do you think, into votes come Election Day? Well, I, I don't know if the other parties have abandoned it, but for sure he's quite adept at it. And I think it fits with that party's strategy to try and somehow ignite a movement. Um, you know, what Trudeau did in 15 in terms of the youthful vigor, uh, younger voters who weren't necessarily involved in the political process, getting on board. I think he's trying that. Uh, and TikTok is certainly one way to uh, uh, both reach, but also send the right signal about how he's connected. And uh, I think that's what's happening here is the attempt to create a bit of a movement uh, behind the leader, uh, kind of a, you know, an orange wave. Um, we'll see if that happens, but that's what seems to be shaping up here. It, there seems to be a bit of an enthusiasm deficit here on the liberal side. And Perhaps that just is what happens when you begin a campaign in the lead in the polls. You just, you know, there's really, you begin to leak. Certainly in week one, it has not been great for the liberals. And it does, it, I, you know, it's really very early to be able to make any speculation as to whether this becomes a trend. But it does seem like the conservatives have a little bit of wind behind them. It does seem like the NDP have a bit of wind behind them. But the, the liberals, not so much. And I'm, I'm wondering if you see the social media aspect of that really kind of powering um, both the conservatives and the NDP. 
Uh, I don't know specifically about social media. I'll get to that in a second. But I think your assessment is right. I mean, the liberals, if, if, if we only look at the sort of advertising that they uh, released just the day before the election was called, it's, it's you know, it's big, bold, anthemic uh, sort of uh, advertising that, that speaks to their accomplishment and Trudeau basically saying he wants to keep going and, uh, you know, forward everyone and togetherness and, and that sort of thing. Let's pull together and, and, and avançons ensemble in French. Um, but it, 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 there's, there, there's not the same uh, sparkle, I guess, that we saw certainly in 2015 or even the Choose Forward of 2019. Um, so so th- you're right in the sense that, it, that so far, anyway, it doesn't feel like there's the same energy that we saw in, in their previous campaigns. As far as the conservatives are concerned, um, well, there's certainly the blunder around this whole Willy Wonka uh, advertising mm. that was released uh, the day the election was called. And yeah, you could see that two ways, though. You can still see that as, I mean, I know it was it was criticized by their own party members, but you could mm. you could say that that thing was shared much wider and got and a lot was. more press. You're absolutely right. You know, I mean, like, if you look at YouTube, uh, their own the Conservative Party's channel on YouTube, that's the one video that got mm. uh, views. I think right. that's I think that's kind of part of the play. We got to we got to leave it there, Eric. Always great talking with you. Thank you so much for coming on today. My pleasure. That is Eric Blay, who is president of Headspace Marketing in Toronto.